0: So, this morning, we want to conclude our four week series on gratitude. And I don't know if this has been beneficial or helpful to you to kind of focus on Thanksgiving for a whole month, but it has really impacted me, reminding me constantly of the high value of of giving thanks. A week ago, Saturday, I went to Tucson, Arizona for a hundred. Not a 100-mile bike, a 100-meter bike ride is a metric century for those of you who still live in feet and yards and inches. We did the metric thing. So 62 miles, and I always watch the weather when I'm going somewhere to ride a long-distance ride like that. And so all week long, the weatherman kept changing his mind. It's going to rain. It's not going to rain. It's going to be cloudy. There's going to be sunshine. This is an unusual thing to have weathermen change their mind multiple times during the week, right? That never happens. And so I didn't know what clothes to pack, what clothes to take. So I was prepared for rain. And the morning we got up, and it was cold, it was windy. And so when I got out of the truck and got my bike ready, I put my windbreaker on, hoping to make it through the day without wishing I'd worn something warmer. And we got to the start line where we were waiting to begin the ride. And the sun came out. All right, this is how we like it, right? And so I folded up my windbreaker, took it off, folded it up, put it in my pocket. I hate carrying my windbreaker all day, but I'm not going to go all the way back to the truck and put it away. And so the bike ride started, and everything went great for 58 of those 62 miles. Beautiful morning, sunshine, police had cordoned off... Uh, Lanes of streets for us. It it was just an awesome, awesome morning. I was riding with my good friend Dick. We've been riding bikes together for almost 35 years, I think. And everything was great until it wasn't. Mile 58, my uh, chain started skipping. My chain was jamming in the gears. And I couldn't pedal anymore. And so I got off my bike. I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with it. I have very limited mechanical skills. And I took the back wheel off finally because it seemed to be where the problem was. And on the back wheel of my bicycle, there's a gear cluster with 11 gears. It all came apart. Four more miles to go. And so my buddy Dick decided he's going to finish the ride, go get his truck and come back and get me. and it starts raining. And so here I am sitting on the side of the road. It's raining. The wind starts blowing. It's cold. So all of a sudden it dawned on me, I've got a windbreaker in my back pocket. And I've never been more thankful for my windbreaker than I was that morning. And so I pulled the windbreaker out of my pocket and uh, as I sat there in the rain, cold wind blowing, I thought, you know, Ten years ago, I rode this same ride and it poured rain. All night before I rode, it was pouring rain in the morning when I started at 6 o'clock. I did not see the sun until 2 o'clock. I rode for eight hours in pouring rain, riding through puddles in the street that were over my feet. And I thought, Lord, this is a beautiful day. It's 64 degrees. Ten years ago, it was 42 degrees in pouring rain. That's the reason to be thankful, right? And, and people would stop and ask if they could help me. Uh, one guy offered to give me an inner tube. Uh, I'd love it, but that's not going to solve my problem. And all of a sudden, these two little kids are tugging on my, my jersey, and I turn around, and there's a boy and a girl, maybe six, eight years old, and they brought a floor pump for me, which, of course, was no help. But, uh, you know, I found myself in the midst of what could have been a really frustrating uh, event, a time of maybe being a little angry at the, you know, the weatherman or whatever. And all these things reminded me to be thankful, to be thankful, to be thankful. And there's always a high value in the circumstances of life that we're grateful. And so the whole flow of our series has been to remind us, to be grateful and I hope it's, I hope it's impacted you that way it sure impacted me uh, last Saturday especially and so this morning I want to share with you a couple of verses that have impacted me as I've reflected on them I want to invite you to come with me to the New Testament book of Colossians Colossians chapter 2 and in these verses well the whole book of Colossians Paul is really addressing false teaching and false Teachers, His whole objective, it seems, in the book of Colossians is to give people a kind of a, a truth check on what they believe about Jesus. And in the middle of this letter in chapter 2, in verses 5, 6, and 7, we read these words. Paul says, For even though I'm absent in body, nevertheless I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And so I found myself focused on those words, overflowing with gratitude. And so there's kind of three questions that occurred to me as I've reflected on these three words. The first question I wanted to answer for myself was, what what does it mean to overflow with gratitude? What what does that really mean? And then the, the second thing I wanted to kind of focus on as I thought about this is why is it important? Why does it matter that I overflow with gratitude? And then the third question I wanted to ask myself was so what does it look like? If I'm a person who's overflowing with gratitude, what does that look like? And so I want to kind of take you through my thought processes as I answered those three questions. And so the answer, or the first question is, The meaning of to overflow with gratitude. That word overflow, the word in the original language means to have an abundance. To have something in excess. More than sufficient. More than enough. To overflow is to have an abundance. In fact, I think this morning, if you're looking at the English Standard Version and the King James Translation, both of them use that word abounding in thanksgiving or abounding in gratitude, something like that. And so it's the word that would be used of a, a river at flood stage, an abundance of water. And Paul says, you need to be a person who is overflowing in gratitude. Don't just be content to have gratitude, to be thankful. Paul's admonition that speaks into my life as I read this verse is I'm to be a person whose life is marked by overflow. Abundance of gratitude. And so the question you have to ask yourself when you understand what it means to overflow or to have an abundance, the question you have to ask yourself is Am I that kind of person? Do I overflow with gratitude? Do I abound in gratitude? There's two interesting New Testament passages that use the same Greek word to abound or to overflow. Um, The first one is in Luke 15. If you remember the story of the prodigal son. When the prodigal son was in the pigsty taking care of the pigs and eating the pigs' food, Dr. Luke records in this story of Jesus, the prodigal son comes to his senses and he says this, My father's servants have more than enough bread. And here I sit in this pigsty chewing on corn cobs. Abundance. Overflow. Uh, the other passage that reflects on this is in John chapter 6, in the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And if you remember the story, at the conclusion of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus sends the 12 apostles, He sends them out to collect all that's left. And what did they collect? They filled, is the word that's used in John, 5, or John 6, they filled 12 baskets. They had bread in abundance. (laughs) They had bread overflowing. And so Paul says to the Colossians and to you and me, that a person of faith living for Jesus should live a life overflowing with thanksgiving. Overflowing. More than sufficient, more than enough, Overflowing. Person of faith, seeking to live for Jesus, needs to be that kind of person. And the obvious question I ask myself as I reflect on this, so how am I doing with that? How am I doing with that? I need to be a person who's overflowing with gratitude. And so the second thing, why is it important? And what strikes me in this passage is Paul seems to be saying that this overflow of gratitude is a mark, maybe not the mark, but it is a mark of maturity in your Christian growth and Christian life, and in mine. It's a mark of maturity. It's a way to measure how I'm doing in my spiritual growth. And so if you look at your Bible, look at your text, um, in my translation in verse 5, Paul comments about the stability of your faith in Christ. In verse 7, he says, having been firmly rooted, now being built up, established in your faith. So, what do those words suggest? Stability, rooted, built up, established. What do those words suggest to you? To me, they communicate the idea of maturity. The mark of maturity or a mark of maturity in your spiritual journey as a follower of Jesus is that you and I are to be people whose lives are overflowing with gratitude. That's why this, this idea of abounding or overflowing in gratitude is so important. It marks me as a mature follower of Jesus. Mature followers of Jesus are marked by what? Overflowing gratitude. And again, I have to pause and ask myself, so how how am I doing with that? How am I doing with that? One of the questions I found myself reflecting on is why did Paul choose gratitude as a mark of maturity? Can you think of any other qualities that we ought to be abounding in, overflowing in? Well, if you, as you read your Bible, there's other things that ought to come to mind. We ought to be abounding and overflowing in love. We ought to be abounding and overflowing in joy. Or get the whole list of the fruit of the Spirit, right? We ought to be abounding and overflowing in all of those things. And yet here Paul says to me and to you, as someone who has stability rooted in your Christian experience, my life should be marked by the overflow of gratitude. And that's why this overflow of gratitude is so important. The third thought, what does it mean? Why is it important? And then the third thought, as I reflected on this, is so, so what does that look like? What does it look like for someone to overflow in gratitude? I don't know if you have uh, examples in your life of people that come to mind as we talk about this. I don't know if there's anybody in your life that you say, man, when I think of that person, there's someone who overflows with gratitude and thankfulness. So I found myself thinking... Who in the Bible evidences an overflow of gratitude? Are there any examples in the Bible of overflowing and abounding with gratitude? And as I ask that question, are there any examples that come to your mind? Well, you can think of several. At least as I've thought about this, I have a list of a few of them. Uh, The first one that came to my mind was Moses. After the crossing of the Red Sea. Now, if anybody should have been thankful at any point in history, that was the time, right? And so in in Exodus 15, it says, Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. The horse and the rider He has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation." This is my God, and I will praise Him. My Father's God, and I will extol Him. There's an overflow of gratitude. You think about the the crossing of the Red Sea, probably the most significant historical event in your Bible, except for the resurrection of Jesus, right? Thankful, overflow, gratitude. Um, I thought of Mary's song in in Luke chapter 1. After the angel has appeared to her announcing that she's going to have a baby and she goes visits Cousin Elizabeth, uh, her famous song, oftentimes simply called the Magnificat, in uh, Luke chapter 1, Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regard for the, the humble state of his bondservant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. Overflow. Abundance. Gratitude. Appreciation for for what God was doing. And uh, I, I, may, I may circle back. Um, I get to preach one of the messages in our series on Christmas. And I, I may circle back to that song and talk about it some more. I haven't decided what I want to do. Um, Pastor Oscar preached a message a couple of weeks ago about the ten lepers that Jesus healed in Luke 17. And uh, one of them, when he saw that he'd been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice and fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. So it says, He glorified God with a loud voice. That's overflow. That's abundance. When was the last time, when was the last time with a loud voice you gave thanks to the Lord? You know, we're, we're pretty reserved. And, of course, you and I have never been healed from leprosy either. You know, that's probably worth raising your voice over. But I think, wow, what a, what a great illustration of overflow. Uh, I thought of Paul and Silas in jail in the city of Philippi. Do you remember the story in Acts chapter 16? Paul and Silas go to Philippi. And long story short, they get beaten and thrown in jail. And at midnight, the scripture says they were doing what? Singing and praising God. And of course, you know what happened after they sang and praised God. Earthquake and whole prison falls apart. And so I look at at these examples of of what, what does overflowing with gratitude look like? And there's probably others that would come to mind, but those are the ones that I thought of. The person of faith, living for Jesus, ought to live a life overflowing with gratitude. Overflowing. And I'm reminded in the midst of this, even giving thanks for little things. I think it was last year, Facebook had this uh, thing in social media where you were supposed to, every day of the month of November, going up to the day of Thanksgiving, you were supposed to put something in your Facebook post about what you're grateful for. And and I remember one of the days, my friend Paul posted, I'm I'm thankful for the little blue bell on my bicycle. It's like, what? What? Thankful even for little things. You think, you think of, you know, all the examples I gave you are pretty big things, right? Paul and Silas in jail, crossing the Red Sea, healed from leprosy. I, and it's easy to be grateful for the big and significant stuff, but to be thankful for your little blue bell on your bicycle, you know. I gave Paul a hard time, and then I was kind of rebuked for that, you know. Rightfully so. Is my life? Marked by that kind of gratitude. It means to abound, overflow like a river overflowing its banks at flood stage. It marks me out as a person of spiritual maturity when I overflow with gratitude. And I have examples I can look to and point to and kind of compare myself to how am I doing. And so out of all this and my thought process, I found myself asking myself several questions. Um, My first question I asked myself as I reflected on this passage, why should a believer's life be overflowing with gratitude and thanksgiving? Well, one, God commands us to be grateful, doesn't he? 1 Thessalonians 5 says what? In everything, give thanks. Even sitting on the side of the road for an hour and a half in the rain and cold wind. In all things. One of my buddies uh, called me this week. He moved to Tennessee a year ago. And we were talking on the phone. He and his wife had gone to a new church. And he was telling me about the sermon and blah, blah. And he said, did you know what the word Thanksgiving means? And I said, well, I think so. Why? Why? He said, well, the pastor in his sermon told us that the dictionary says that Thanksgiving means the expression of gratitude, especially to God. And so he and I talked to, I was on a bike ride sat on the side of the road with cars going by trying to listen to him. And so we, we talked about how interesting it is that the dictionary definition of Thanksgiving is expression of thanks especially to God. And you find yourself, at least I found myself thinking as he and I were talking, so if someone doesn't know the Lord, if someone isn't in a, a meaningful relationship with the King of the universe, who do they say thankful, thank you to? You know, for example, if you enjoy a measure of good health and you're grateful for that, Um, who do you give thanks to for that? Your doctor? Your chiropractor? The pharmacist? Better living through chemicals? I don't know. You know, the person ultimately responsible for my health, I mean, there's things I can do, right? There's things you can do, but who's ultimately responsible? You know, God is. And so I found myself thinking, expression of thanks... Especially to God. And God commands me to be thankful. Um, Why should my life be marked by this overflow? It acknowledges the gift that someone gave when I say thank you. They give time, they give service, um, action. Do I really acknowledge that what someone has done is a gift? You know, I found myself thinking about this last Sunday night as I was driving home from our dinner. And many of you, if not most of you, were there last Sunday night. What an amazing event. And all those new people I'd never met before, right? It was amazing. But I found myself thinking, you know, we we tried in kind of a simple way to acknowledge and say thank you to the people that helped that evening to happen. But as I was driving home, I thought, you know, it's almost impossible to thank everybody that helped that happen. You know, it's easy to think about the people in the kitchen with the food because that's kind of why we were there. But so much took place before that evening for that to happen besides the food. There were people here on Friday and Saturday setting up tables and chairs and whatever. There were guys out in the parking lot while, while I was eating. You know, was, was Steve out in the parking lot while I was eating? I forget who all I saw out in the parking lot. But you think there's all these people who gifted the rest of us. They gifted us with their their time and their service and their energy and their effort. And we ought to overflow with gratitude for that, especially because of what God did, right? And so being thankful acknowledges the gift. It strengthens relationships when you say thank you. It creates value. It creates uh, intimacy in a relationship. Um. Probably in no other realm of my life is this true than at home with my wife, right? Do I express thanks to people regularly in my life. What happens after 53's of ma- 53 years of marriage is what? Take for granted those things that she does. You know, Jason and Brenda only been married for what? Three weeks? Piece of cake to be thankful. You're just getting started. After 53 years, that's well, a whole other program. <laughs> but it strengthens relationships. I think it strengthens your relationship with people, and it strengthens your relationship with God as you express thanks to Him. Does that make sense? Yes. I think so. Uh, what else did I write down here? Oh, I, I wrote note to myself. It's a gift that keeps on giving. When you express appreciation, it just kind of continues to express and influence a person's life. On July 1st of 2010, I crashed on my bicycle all by myself. No cars were involved that I know of. No other people were involved. I just crashed. When I woke up on the sidewalk with two paramedics standing over me, they had my wallet in their hands, they had my wife on the phone, and they were talking to her. Long story short, they took me by helicopter up to USC uh, County Hospital into the emergency room. By the way, that's the only way you want to go to USC County Hospital. When I when I left the hospital, I walked through the waiting room and there was a sign that said average wait time is 22 hours. Well, if you come in on a helicopter, you're right in. And so I was in the ER and was trying to call my wife. I had no phone service. I had nothing going on. Um my phone wouldn't work in ER. Well, they decided that I had a head injury, and so I should go down and do a CAT scan. And so they put me on a gurney, and off we went to the CAT scan room. And they ran me through the CAT scan to examine my head. Of course, they found nothing. (laughs) Yeah, you too, I know. That's no surprise to the rest of us, by the way, Ed. And so they finished the CAT scan, pushed me on my gurney out in the hall. And out in the hall, I'm sitting there all by myself, nobody around. And I hear this ding, ding. My phone is now has reception. And so I pull my phone out of my pocket. Now realize I've been injured. I've been airlifted in a helicopter. I was told by the paramedics I didn't know my name. I guessed my age correctly. I did not know my phone number. And so this was kind of the knowledge base I had going into the hospital. Um, on the helicopter, I remembered my phone number. And I tried to sit up, but I had me strapped to a body board. And I tried to sit up and tell the nurse who had headphones on and helicopter noise anyway, I said, I remember my phone number. It's it's 597 And I was so proud of myself. And I laid back down and I go, no, that's my mother's phone number. <laughs> It was my phone number before I got married, but no more. Ding, ding. So I pull my phone out of my pocket with all this going on around me. And I have two voice messages. The first one is a voice message from a couple that I married the weekend before. And she was calling me to thank me for the wedding ceremony and how important it was, how meaningful it was, and how grateful she was. And... um, I think of all the people I've married in the last 50-plus years, the number of people that take the time to say thank you are very few. But she made the effort with this phone call just a week after the wedding to call me. The second one was from a guy named Carl that was in my junior high youth group in 1971, 72, 30 years before and Carl leaves this message and I've long since forgotten Carl <laughs> he calls and leaves me a message and reminds me that he was in my youth group back in Long Beach in the early 70s and how grateful he was for my ministry and the impact it had on his life and he just had this idea he should call me and want and and tell me thank you and I, I found myself th- listening to these voice messages and going Lord, is this just kind of how it's supposed to be? A kind of a, a low point in life, the impact of two simple voice messages saying two words, basically. What are the two words? Thank you. And I've never forgotten that, that day on that gurney and those phone calls. It's a gift that keeps on giving. I think also being grateful encourages uh, repeated actions. (laughs) I've never been famous for making the bed. For most of our married life, I've always gotten up earlier than my wife. Always. And so I didn't need to make the bed because she's still in it. But I've noticed in this... Period of our our marriage and our journey. More times than not, she and I get up at the same time. Sometimes she's up earlier, and I don't always make the bed when I get up. This morning I got up, and her half was made. So, what message do you think that's sending, huh? Got to step up your game. But one of the things that she does is when I do make the bed, including her side and my side, she always says, thank you. And I don't know if her motive is to encourage me to be more diligent with that little life skill, but it does encourage doing it again. Years ago, we volunteered at the USO at the Ontario Airport. And I I always remember Gail, the the center manager, always made it a big, big effort. Before she left to go home, she would always go around and thank all the volunteers who were there. Uh, Just a a high value of of being grateful. Oh, we're out of time and I need to hurry. Um, Why do you think it is that we don't overflow with gratitude? What is it that hinders that in my life, and your life? What's that? Too busy. Too busy. That's number one on the list. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you know, we're so busy. We've got so many things to do. And we, we may even have the passing idea. I ought I to oughta write a note or send a text or something. And we're so busy. Um, oftentimes it doesn't happen. Um, the second thing on my list, Linda, is what? Oh, so you got it all figured out. <laughs> Why am I even here? So we take stuff for granted that other people do. Um, I don't know if we always think, uh, you know, I, I deserve this to be done for me or whatever. But we, we do take it for granted. We take our, our wife for granted. We take our husband for granted. We, we take our employer for granted. We, we, we take people for granted in our lives. And we take for granted what, what people do. And as a result of that, um, I'm not thankful. Sometimes I feel thankful, but I don't say it. Maybe that's because I'm too busy. Gratitude unexpressed is not gratitude, right? It's one thing to be grateful here, but it's another thing to be grateful out there. Express it. Um, It's not modeled often. That's why I wonder when I asked earlier, can you think of examples, people, people who overflow with gratitude, can you think of examples in your life? That's why, that's why I had to go to the Bible to find illustrations. Nobody came to mind. Who, who in my life do I know that's, that's, that's really grateful? You know, where, where, where's, that, where's that happening at? Um, Another thought that struck me as I thought about this is so much of our culture is negative. Pastor Oscar talked about this a lot in the last three Sunday mornings. Um, how easily negativity overrules positivity. A little bit of positivity gets, or a whole bunch of positivity gets buried under just a little bit of negativity. And I was reminded of this in my weekend in uh, Tucson last weekend on my bike ride, because my buddy I was it with tends to be a complainer. And, you know, the food isn't right. The service isn't right. How come your signage is so crummy at this hotel? And he was right about all those things, by the way. But it, it just wore me down. It wore me out. And I think our culture so often is so negative. The news is negative, right? Go on social media. Doesn't matter what platform you're on, there's so much negativity. And so we get kind of overwhelmed by, I think, negative stuff we forget to be thankful so my challenge to you this morning is this i want us the people of hope city to be people who are overflowing with gratitude is that a good goal is it biblical sure is paul expressed it so well Um, we need to learn to graciously accept thanks from others i find so often Uh, I do this. People will say thank you, and my response is de nada. And I think that roughly means in Spanish, it's no big deal. Is that that an okay translation? Um, You know, instead of responding that way when someone says thank you, we need to be more gracious in accepting thanks and and appreciating that people have taken time and energy to do that. Um, Express freely to others. You know, we have so many vehicles of communication today. Um, It's nice to get a handwritten note. I love handwritten notes. But text messages, voice messages, you know, there's all these vehicles to to say thank you. Um, Express freely. Um, I'm not going to embarrass this individual, but last last Sunday night at the dinner, um, I was handed a, a plastic baggie full of Tootsie Rolls. And... I, 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 I hope I was appropriately thankful. I was kind of stunned because I thought, how does she know I love Tootsie Rolls? And I'm, I'm digging back in my memory base going, has there been a time when, when I expressed love for Tootsie Rolls? How did she know? This is a big deal in my life. I love Tootsie Rolls. And then I thought, hint, hint, yeah. Get a shoebox, fill it with Tootsie Rolls, it's all good. And so then I thought, don't tell me you took Tootsie Rolls from your kids' Halloween baskets. And she got this kind of funny grin on her face. So I know where they came from. But you know, it's, it's just simple little things, you know, and, and, and to be grateful. And I, I think the Tootsie Rolls were kind of an expression of her appreciation to me and me being appreciative back, uh, just grateful. Uh, simple, simple, dumb stuff like that. Um, I I was grateful. Um, List people in your life that have touched and impacted you that you're grateful for. You know, some of those in my life have passed away, so I tell the Lord how thankful I am for those people that have touched my life. Um, Other people are still alive, so I can express appreciation in all those ways I just said. Notes and cards and text messages and whatever. I remember shortly after my mother passed away, Her pastor, Many of you know Dale Workman pastors our church in North Long Beach where my mother attended. And he told me after the funeral service how how much he appreciated my mother because she was the person in the church who volunteered to write notes and letters to people that visited the church. And she took it upon herself to send birthday cards and anniversary cards to everybody in the church. And she bought the postage and the cards out of her own money. This is totally brand new news to me. I go, are you sure? But the impact that him telling me about my mother was so impactful. Are there people in your life that you need to express thanks for? Fill your prayer life with thanks. Webster's definition, the expression of gratitude, how? Especially to God. As I think of all this, we want to be people who are following Jesus, overflowing with gratitude. And the overflow of gratitude begins all the way back with a relationship with the living God. You know, we've been talking a lot in the last couple of months that we're a a church that wants to help people experience the hope that's found in a life-changing relationship with Jesus. But... Who do you say thankful thank you to if you don't know the Lord? And so and so that's where it really starts. And so the the challenge for those who have not yet come to know the Lord Jesus as Savior is the beginning of that relationship. Embracing and understanding that God God loves you, God wants to have a relationship with you. That's been. A, th- that's the message of this book from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. God desires relationship with the people that he's created in his own image. And the challenge is that, as the scripture says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so there's a need in in my life, in your life, in order to come into a relationship with the living God, to repent from our our going astray, our independence, our disobedience, our rebellion, however you think of that, what the Bible calls sin, right? To repent from that and to put my faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross. And we just sang about that in that last awesome song. To come into relationship with the living God, now you have someone to be grateful to and thankful to. And so, if you've come to know Jesus and you're following Him, your life should be marked by overflow of gratitude. And so Lord, that's my prayer this morning in my life, in the lives of each of these, my brothers and sisters. That Lord, you would bring conviction where necessary. Convict us of our tendency to be negative. Convict us of our tendency to whine and complain. And cause us afresh to acknowledge that those behaviors, those attitudes do not honor you, do not glorify you. In fact, they, they take away from your honor and glory because you are the, the living God, the creator of all things. And so Lord, convict us afresh this morning. Cause us to respond to the challenge of the Apostle Paul when he says, you're, you're a person who is stable in your faith. You're rooted and built up and established in your faith. Let that overflow in gratitude. Might that mark my life and each of our lives? Is our prayer together in Jesus' name. Amen.